0: When I put in adaptogens and I call them Ayurvedic, but other people put adaptogens and call them cool, there's like a misinformation. And then it's like, okay, well, now I'm an Ayurvedic brand and they're a wellness brand. And I'm part of like this sliver of the beauty industry. And they're part of a huge sliver. I'm
1: Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome Welcome to to Los Angeles! Angeles. Every week we break down the most important beauty news and launches, interview your favorite beauty experts, influencers, and celebrity guests,
2: and review
1: our favorite beauty products of
2: the moment as your beauty editor BFFs from the beautiful and great city of Los Angeles.
1: Welcome Glamgelinos! We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute.
2: Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. So uh, do I
1: sound a little different to you? I I don't think that you sound different, but I, for all intents and purposes, yes, you sound different. Why do you sound different, Sarah? Because I got some braces, guys. Yes, you did. And you got some cool braces because I can't even see them. Yes. Okay. So
2: backstory on me, I've never had braces before. I've always wanted them. <laughs> you know, like when you're little and like you think like glasses are cool and yep. braces are cool and my brother had both and hated both and I wanted both and then now I'm blind as blind AF and I got braces. So here I am fulfilling my lifelong dreams. Um, but these braces are really cool. So they, like you said, Kirby, you can't see them. So they're lingual braces um, and they are placed behind my teeth so best of both worlds you're getting like you know adjusted um your you know your teeth are are shifting and fixing themselves like as i speak um not that they they don't do that when you're you know wearing invisalign or with aligners and stuff but i just uh feel like you know the wires they're custom made to fit my my teeth and so they're changing rapidly like uh, most patients who have inbrace um, have them on for less than a year um or like eight to eighteen months at the most if you have like a really serious um like if you have a lot to uh, a lot a crowd a lot of crowded teeth or whatever um but yeah, so embrace is kind of like the future of dental innovation um I feel like this is gonna be such a game changer for well, one adult who've never had braces before or if you never wore your retainers and, you know, your teeth shifted again and you want to get braces, but you don't want to have, like, visible braces. You don't want to relive, like, your brace face years of, you know, high school. So I can still be a professional woman um, with a little bit of a lisp at the moment. But but you can't see my braces, right? Um, and and yeah, and I feel like for For teens, poor teenagers who have to wear braces for like three or four years, Um, God bless them, but maybe you can get these instead. And you know, not to have like those awkward uh, braces uh, photos you know, in your high school yearbook.
1: I think another cool part of this as you were describing it to me is that you'll be able to see the change because obviously Mm -hmm. when you have braces as a kid, I had braces and I had a Herbst appliance as a kid. So anyone that had an overbite, what does that mean? I literally, you know those movies where people have like bars? The headgear? Yeah, it's like straight up headgear. So like I had braces on my first four teeth up top. Then I had like a a clear plate type thing that was glued to the top and bottom teeth. And then these two bars were like screwed into those plates. And it w- helped to adjust my bite because I had an overbite. You had that in... Yeah, I had that in my in my mouth for a very long time. I got it when I was in third grade and I would get the bars stuck like when I would yawn, they would, you know, because the way they move, they they went inside each other. So if I yawned too loud, sometimes they would get locked and I had to call my mom to come to the school to like unlock the bars so that I could shut my mouth. Stop it. (laughs) So anyways, that sounds so traumatizing. It was, it was so embarrassing and traumatizing at the same time, but it really did help with my overbite because yeah. the only other option I think was like surgery. Totally. But what I was saying is like when you have braces, obviously it's in the front, so you can't see all of the amazing mm-hmm. work that's being done. It's like this big reveal at the end, and I think it's really cool that you're going to be able to see the changes happening as they go.
2: Yeah, exactly. Right, so that's in braces. I think one of their biggest selling points is um... – Inbrace's logo is like wow to now so basically like you said kirby there's no big reveal um once my teeth start so for those of you who are like oh my god sarah but your teeth are so straight they're like fine but my bottom teeth are crooked a little bit crooked and then my top my top right tooth is kind of like sticking out a little bit and okay I know it's something that like not everyone can notice but when you are looking at yourself in the mirror and you stare at yourself on zoom it's something that you see so I see it all the time and you know it bothers me and I know that as I get older like it's only going to get worse so I just really wanted to correct it um i did try smile direct club and i know that that's worked for so many people but i just could not like get myself to wear the aligners for as long as i needed Mm -hmm. to which you have to be really diligent if you're going to wear those aligners um and i know like like i said it works for a lot of people it didn't work for me so i really needed to just have these placed in me totally glued it not glued in but you know what i mean um so right now i have the bottom brackets inside Um, So I am learning to speak. (laughs) I am learning to enunciate. So if it's... And you get top soon, right? You'll get top. So yeah, I'll get the top ones in six weeks. And the reason that they wanted to do this was so that, you know, my mouth wasn't just completely like shocked and like my system and, you know, being like, oh my God, what the heck's happening? But also just so that I get used to speaking and eating um, with, with the braces on. Um, And I just like now I have so much respect for everyone who has had braces before because I just like keep complaining to Matt and like I'm like I can't eat everything that I want to be eating and I'm like popping Tylenol Um, and then the lisp is like it's the hardest thing for me but I heard that in a couple weeks like I will adjust to them better and like maybe the lisp will be less obvious hopefully I'm going to be practicing talking a
1: lot well see the the (laughs) first day I was laughing because it was very obvious but now I don't notice it I I don't know if it's maybe I'm used to it but I don't think it's as obvious as maybe you think it is yeah but uh, can you say Los Angeles Los Angeles oh see you enunciated so (laughs) there we did an ad read and she sent it to me and I was crying laughing I saved it because she's like the code is Gloth? Like literally Alvin and the Chickma. Gloth? Angelus. I'm like, Sarah, this is incredible. Yeah. We are saving like, this for future. Wow.
2: Good job, Sarah. Host of a podcast and like is always like talking in meetings and on panels. <laughs> like, great idea to get braces. Um <laughs> no, but I think like I I think I know that uh, my list will go away in a couple weeks and and I'll feel more comfortable and I will definitely keep everyone posted on my journey. Yes.
1: Um, Yeah. But it's really cool that you can't see them. Right. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I can't see anything. I think it's super cool. And I I feel like there's so much in the dental world we need to explore. Like we've really not done an episode on teeth at all. Like, we should do an oral hygiene, like what should you be doing? What are some innovations there? We can do a whole episode about braces. We can do a whole episode about TMJ and oh my god, all that good stuff. Veneers, I know veneers are like such a huge um, search topic on Google at like any given point. So I feel like we should just do so much more with dental stuff. All right, so we have such an awesome guest today, y'all. This is a friend of the pod, somebody that we adore and just... Think she's doing awesome things with her brand. Um, we mentioned her brand when we were talking about how you can support AAPI um, brands, and you know, we were talking about like some of our personal favorites. We mentioned Ronavat, so we have Michelle Ronavat of Ronavat on the pod <laughs> today, which I think is really great because uh, she's our first guest of the month, but it's also AAPI Heritage Month, so. We're kind of kicking things off with a bang and um you know michelle sh- her entire brand is all about feeling royal and treating yourself like royalty and it's an ayurvedic brand gosh we talk
2: about michelle all the time and we talk about how much we love ronavaz products so i'm like I can't believe it took this long to get her on. Um, but like you said, Kirby, I'm so glad that we have her on for API month because she is such like a proud Indian woman, such a proud South Asian woman. And, you know, her Indian background is what inspired her to start Ronavat. Um, So, yeah, it is a lug- luxury botanical skincare line inspired by the beauty rituals of Indian royalty. So you truly feel like from the moment you like open the packaging to you know, to putting it on
1: your face, like it just makes you feel like you are a queen, right? Yes, there the user experience is so so lovely, and then on top of that, the products are incredible. If you read any review about her products, I mean, people rave because it has transformed their skin. And Mina Harris actually um, mm-hmm. recently shouted out. Um, Ronavat, I think it was either to the Strategist or the New York Times. I can't remember. Um, but you know they got a huge call out. The brand got a huge call out um, from Mina. That's awesome. I know. I know. Yeah. And she also like does so much
2: for um, you know her Indian community. So she donates two percent of the proceeds to the desai foundation which was created to empower women and children through community programs in india and also in the united states um so she's just like i mean she's such a queen she's just so lovely um truly one of the nicest people in the industry like i feel like anytime like something you know good happens like for Kirby or me she's like always one of the first people to congratulate us and to support us um and I feel like I mean it's not rare in the beauty industry but it's it's I feel like rare to have someone as genuine as her like being like the face of it I don't know you know
1: what I'm talking about like she's just like so sweet yes so sweet Yeah, exactly. I agree. I totally agree. So today's episode we're you're going to learn a lot about Michelle, you're going to learn a lot about her brand, but you're also going to learn a lot about Ayurvedic beauty, which I think is, you know, such an important topic. And we're going to talk about not only, you know, principles of Ayurvedic beauty and what it means and some incredible ingredients that you should be looking out for, but also, you know, how brands may have appropriated Ayurvedic beauty and like, why is that? Is it intentional? Is it just because they want to tap into marketing? I don't know. Um, But we discuss it during the conversation and um, we have a lot of fun. So enjoy today's episode with Michelle. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts if you're not already. Um, Just so you know that if you do get your podcast on Apple, but you're not subscribed, you won't get the episode as quickly as our subscribers. So that's just something that Apple does to reward people for subscribing. So be sure to subscribe. And then, of course, follow us on Spotify. We love Spotify. We know a lot of you have found us just through Spotify recommending us, which is incredible. So please follow us on Spotify. And uh, if you want to check out any of our other episodes, go to glossangelespod.com. If you search a brand, this isn't for the entire library yet. We're working on it. But if you do search a brand and you're wondering our thoughts on it, Every episode that we've talked about that brand should pop up for the most part. We're still working on our back catalog. <laughs> so if you're like, I don't know, have, you know, Kirby and Sarah talked about Supergoop before, chances are you'll find it pop up in an episode link. So anyways, we will talk to you on Tuesday. <music> Michelle, we are so excited to have you. Obviously, Sarah and I just adore you. And anytime I think about Michelle Ranavat, I think of handwritten notes. I think of Britney Spears. Oh, I think of royalty. Yeah. Did you not know that Michelle and I have a deep bond through Britney? No, Michelle's full of surprises.
2: I think of just a ray of sunshine, because you truly are like one of the Sweetest, most genuine, and authentic people in the
1: beauty industry.
0: Oh my God, guys, like you're gonna have me try to come on here every day if you're gonna give me that kind of intro.
1: It's true. You're like, tell me more, tell me more. No, but Michelle, we do love you and we have so much respect for you. We know how much that you hustle. When um, we were featuring our favorite AA. PI brands recently. I obviously mentioned Ranova and I think I literally said you're a ray of sunshine. Like something very close to that. You just exude this positive energy and we're so so excited to talk to you today because you have such an interesting background but also just an incredible passion for people and skincare and we can't wait to just dive right in. But before we get into all of the skincare stuff, Sarah, we have something we like to ask, which is what's on your face? Well, guys,
0: I have a couple things. Well, first thing is I'm definitely a sunscreen person. There's been a lot of like hoopla. I think you guys did a post today on sunscreen, but my favorite is the Uriage Eau Thermal SPF 50. This is not so much available in the U.S. I think you can order it to the U.S. But it has an ingredient called Tinsorb M, which is a filter that I'm like obsessed with because a lot of times SPF, their rating, combines UVA and UVB. And I'm all about the UVA. And I like that when you know the filter, you know how much UVA you're going to get. And Tinsorb M never disappoints. So I swear by this one.
1: Interesting. Tinsorb M. What do you like about this particular sunscreen?
0: The formula is super thin. They changed the scent a little bit, which I'm not such a fan, but it like, it's totally cast free because it is a chemical sunscreen. I love the like intense focus on aging rays, which I feel like, come on, I'm turning 40 this year. Like I need all the help I can get. Um, aging rays are very important and yeah, I just love the way it feels on my skin. Doesn't break me out. So I'm a huge fan.
1: Yeah, and we know that a lot of people deal with breakouts, specifically from chemical sunscreens, so that's always a plus.
0: Yes, I've actually been sensitive to a few, which is why I've always, like, struggled with, like, okay, zinc oxide, titanium dioxide, but, like, you know, with browner skin, it's not, like, the best look and feel. And so I actually really did want to find a good chemical sunscreen, but of course there's so many limitations here on which ones are approved. And so this one from Europe just works really well for me, so I just order it. So I just got a little fresh batch of my friend Dana's Lip Balm Beneath Your Mask remedy. I don't really feel like I need to tell you guys all the details on how amazing it is. You you probably know. It like actually does something to your lips to repair it. It's not just like a fleeting feeling and then later your lips are peeling off. Like this one actually does nourish, but it's not super thick. It's like literally Goldilocks gold. Anything else, Michelle? Um, this. Have you guys heard of Valdez? Yes. No. What is this? Do you guys know who Margarita Ariagata is? Kirby, I was reading an article that you wrote. Amy Liu, she's her mentor as well. So she used to be the head merchant at Sephora. And she is literally- Oh, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. She's literally the most like humble person in this universe. And she is so incredible. And she started this line of refillable lipsticks. This is an armor and she has like all sorts of like different combinations for this. And then you get like this refillable lipstick and the formula is insane like I'm not even joking. Like it's this beautiful sheen. It's creamy. It's not like those matte. Like it's just the right perfect texture. And the colors are really flattering across so many skin tones. So I'm obsessed with this and I love her as a person. So I just would expect that she would create nothing but the best. What's it called again? Valde, V-A-L-D-E.
1: Okay, Valde, this is beautiful. Can you describe the packaging? Because it really looks so different.
0: Yeah, so what it is, it's an it's armor and it actually has like a little mirror. So it's actually quite like convenient as well. But it's this like beautiful brass adorned and you can get a couple of different combos. But what it does is you can kind of pull out and you can actually get this engraved. So it has this like little lipstick case I feel like you would appreciate this, Kirby, like the magnet closure, just the noise Mm. that it makes is like perfection. And I feel like that's such a big thing on packaging when like the click, click isn't right. Yes. I notice all these little details, but anyway, you can kind of like put in your refill and then, I don't know, just the whole thing is so beautifully done. I actually gave this to my mom for her birthday with it engraved and she's like obsessed.
1: Okay. So then how much is it and what shade are you wearing? So, oh
0: my God. I think it's 200 I something like that. $199 for the case. I think you get a lipstick, but the refill, it actually comes in like a nice thing. So you can actually just, you know, hack, just get the refill. Buy the refill. Yeah. So, and I, okay. I think these are pretty reasonable, but Curiosity is the color that I wear. I'm obsessed with it. It's the perfect nude lip for like many skin tones, I feel.
1: Wow. My mouth dropped when you said that price. That is like, boo g shit i love that you also i mean dana and margarita
2: you're supporting two women of color owned businesses um and i have tried valde as well and it's like so stunning almost like you don't want to use it because it's so beautiful but the formulation is really really beautiful so you should it looks like a piece that you would keep something you would want to save at that price point That's what it's meant to be, right? (laughs) Like something that you would have for forever. Yeah, surely. Especially when you can get it engraved. It's so beautiful.
0: And I like that, you know, the idea of having something nice and weighty to like toss in your bag and you can just switch out the colors. And these are, I wish I knew the price, but they're pretty affordable. And so it's nice when after you make the investment, literally once you try this formula, you will want to buy multiple shades and you don't have to feel bad about that.
2: And what a great idea for a gift. Like I would love to receive that. I mean, my mom was obsessed. (laughs) So let's get down to business, Michelle. You've talked about this many a time, but our listeners who don't know and are not familiar, you got a master's of science in engineering management. You have like two degrees in engineering. You've got six years of pharmaceutical work under your belt. And then you went and started your own beauty brand. How did you go about doing that? Why? What was happening in Michelle's brain where you were like, I want to start my own skincare line?
0: Well, it's an interesting question because I feel like a lot of times we think of it as like this transition from STEM, but actually I feel like it's very much a continuation because when we think about what skincare and beauty is based on, I mean, it's a hundred percent science-based, right? And so having that background of knowing how products were developed, really taking a keen eye into you know, manufacturing practices and all of those like nerdy things that you think like kind of might not have to do with beauty, but actually are very much the backbone of the beauty industry really played into like the transition or the continuation, I guess. You know, one thing that I would say is my dad and my mom's side they actually both met, you know, how like, in India, there's like a lot of like arranged introductions. And my grandfather had a chemicals company on my dad's side, and the one on my mom's side did the same. And so they're all from like the same village in India. And they both were in the chemical industry. So they're like, Oh, you should meet my son, you should meet my daughter. And so that's how they met. So I feel like, this idea of science and chemistry, like absolutely runs in my blood. It's like what everyone in our family does. And it's what I, I honestly love to do. And then just seeing the pharmaceutical industry working in it for six years, like and understanding good manufacturing processes was like key to knowing how to find good suppliers and create good formulations.
1: I love that. I love that it, it all ties back. So then what would you say was your big beauty break? Like what kicked things off for your brand?
0: You know, I have to say that I think there are a few people that have had like, okay, you know, a major celebrity and like everything changes from that day forward. I would say for me, it was very much a kind of gradual process. I would say the first day, something I'll never forget. I launched the brand at Indie Beauty Expo and Kelly St. John, who is this, like, she literally looks like her name, like Kelly St. John from Dallas, (laughs) like just beautiful blonde hair. She's a head buyer for Neiman Marcus Beauty. She comes over and she's like looking at my packaging and she's like, oh, I really like this. Literally the first time I've ever shared this brand with anyone was at IBE at the launch. And she took a keen interest and then, you know, other buyers kind of came around and it's not like anything happened on that day, but I felt like that was a moment where, Hey, this is the first time I'm sharing my vision. I've never been in the beauty industry as an executive and like people are taking interest and I'm seeing the like wheels turning. And to this day, there are probably about like four or five retailers that I met that now I actually work with. So I guess something like positive was happening on that day.
1: I freaking love the Indie Beauty Expo. Don't you, Sarah? I know. Yes, I like
2: miss going. I mean, they obviously have to skip last year, but it's always like one of my favorite
1: um, like events in L.A. Totally. And it is kind of a nightmare because it's downtown. And so you're like, oh, God, I have to go park downtown. But then when you get there, it's just a playground of... Mostly, I mean, I know that things have changed a little bit, so there are brands that I'm like, uh, don't you have some backers? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this doesn't seem super indie to me. But I found Clay Cosmetics at the Indie Beauty Expo. It was when they only had their little powdered mm-hmm. product, and I remember thinking like, this is revolutionary. So there's so many brands that get their start at Indie Beauty, and then they just blow up. And clearly, Ronavat was one of them. So. How exciting. I love that. So when it comes to Ranavat, there's like the royalty principle. Your mantra is being royal and treating yourself as royalty. And we want to get into that. But it's also Ayurvedic skincare brand. For those of our listeners who may not be familiar and are wondering, okay, what is Ayurvedic beauty? What is Ayurvedic skincare? Can you talk about the principles and why you felt it was really important to base a brand around them?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love this question because I feel like there's such a incredible room for education and growth here. Because if I were to ask you like, Kirby, have you heard of yoga? Have you heard of meditation? Like you probably would say, yes, totally. I know all those things. Dry brushing, we know you're a dry brushing fan. Like, you know, there are a lot of things that many people, you know, these concepts are main, are very much a part of the mainstream And you think about the whole wellness movement too, right? And I think a lot of that does have to do with these ancient practices, whether they're traditional Chinese medicine-based, Ayurveda, or or the like. So to kind of like go to the basics, Ayurveda literally means the science of life. And it's what people used as modern, you know, before modern medicine was there, you would have an Ayurvedic doctor that would like give you the, okay, use, you know, this herb and that herb is like very herbal medicine based. And there's a lot of data. It's absolutely a science for sure. And, you know, what I love about it is one, it's very well documented. So yes, it's been around for 5,000 years, but there's still Ayurvedic doctors that practice it. One, particularly on our team that we have as well, it's very alive and well. And a lot of people, in fact, will kind of do a little bit of both, right? Like if you have something where it's acne or any type of skin thing, you'll be okay, I'll see my dermatologist, but I'll also look into you know what Ayurveda has to say about it, right? And that's kind of how people roll in India. And I think there's been this like resurgence of interest because they found that what Ayurveda does is it takes your entire system into account. So if you have bags under your eyes or dark circles. It's like, okay, are you sleeping? Are you eating? What are you eating? Like, let's understand the root of this issue. And then we'll get into the topical treatments. But it's very much like, let's kind of balance our body so that the body does the heavy lifting and kind of like, you're working with your body, not against it. So if if you were to come to me and say, like, you have dark circles, and you're sleeping three hours a night, I could tell you every tip and trick I have in the book, but unless you're like balancing yourself from the inside out, outside in, it's going to be tough to kind of go against that grain. And so I think Ayurveda just encourages you to do that.
2: So it's obvious that Ayurvedic traditions have been appropriated, have been co-opted very much so, especially by white women in the beauty and wellness industry how would you advise brands who you know are fans of ayurvedic skincare and traditions and rituals and love and respect how would you advise them to you know incorporate that into their brand without appropriating
0: it i love this question because i think there's so much confusion around it i think it hurts everyone when there's not enough information or not enough education out there i think the idea that yes, I'm South Asian and I have my own South Asian brand. I'm not the only one that can talk about it. I love when other people find value in what we're doing. And I think if I were to ask every other South Asian brand, they would agree that like we want other people to fall in love with Ayurveda and these practices as much as we do. But we also feel that everyone has to be a part of the education. So like if you have a product that has turmeric in it, or, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, like adaptogenic, whatever, then kind of educating the customer on like, hey, these are Ayurvedic. Because like, when I put in adaptogens, and I call them Ayurvedic, but other people put adaptogens and call them cool, there's like a misinformation. And then it's like, okay, well, now I'm an Ayurvedic brand, and they're a wellness brand. And I'm part of like this sliver of the beauty industry, and they're part of a huge sliver. And so I think it just does a disservice to everyone. And even the customer at the end of the day, when we don't really give people the context. I think what would even be cool is like, hey, yeah, I love these adaptions, really cool. What other stuff is Ayurvedic? Maybe I'd be into that too and then they could kind of like explore more. But I really think it's like absolutely an issue with just the educational perspective. And really what I would hate is for people to feel like scared to share or to love Ayurveda because they think they're appropriating. It's really not about that, it's really just about having the knowledge and sharing the info about it and being like, yeah, that's all I really think. it's really cool. I love it. And I want to talk about it and I want to use it in my product. Great, because that forms this awesome foundation for the people that are talking about the cultural context and background to then kind of like be a part of the same larger movement.
1: You talked about the Ayurvedic sliver of beauty brands and then the wellness brands and how adaptogenic, I mean, when I think of adaptogens, I basically think of just like mushrooms flying everywhere. And that's just because of how it's been marketed, right? Why do you think people, they lean more towards wellness, quote unquote, versus Ayurvedic as a term? Because in my humble opinion, So much from wellness is derived from Ayurvedic principles, if not all.
0: And Chinese medicine, and I'm sure more, right? Exactly. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, I think it just comes down to what's more sellable, you know, or really where retailers feel like it's easier to connect with the customer. If I told you, you know, drink this really cool drink with all these like potions in it, or I'm like, here, drink this ancient elixir from India that, you know, it's like, I think someone might just want the cool potion. And actually, I actually give the customer a lot of credit. We see this a lot on our site and in our comments, like people want to know. And so sometimes I feel like it's the big machines kind of thinking that they need to like dumb things down for people. But I actually don't think that's the case. And I think we're going to see that as like a big change going forward. I think people are loving the cultural stories and the background and the tradition and even if they can't like relate to it in a first person, they're loving it. I mean, we see that in the content that does well on Ranavad. It's like, you know, I make tea with my mom and share like a family secret. And that always like resonates with people. So I think it's a good sign. Do you think it
2: is a consumer's responsibility to educate themselves about these ingredients and where they come from and these rituals? Or do you think it's like a brand's responsibility to educate the consumers? Or do you think both of them should be, you know, working together to learn more about like where these ingredients come from, you know, where these rituals come from?
0: I think it's like everything working in a cycle. And I would kind of throw retailers into that mix as well. Like I think when you think of like cool French girl secrets, and then you think of like the way other traditions or cultural backgrounds are like maybe not shared as readily. I just think that there needs to be like a fundamental shift at the top on like how we're marketing brands. And I mean, I didn't even could get into some detail around things like I've gotten certain feedback on, oh, well, India may, it's not so aspirational or what kind of secret to, what's the look that, you know, Indian people have or what, you know, when it comes to skin, like people mainly think of like, the glass skin, but like, what's the Indian version of that? And so it's like, there's some, I think, misconception, or maybe room for improvement, I would say, in terms of the way that we're thinking about beauty secrets from a traditional and cultural perspective. And I'm feeling excited and hopeful that, you know, I just really see it from a customer's perspective. And I think eventually, it's going to continue to grow even more. Like Kirby mentioned earlier, Ronavot is a
2: skincare line that is inspired by beauty rituals of Indian royalty. Kirby and I are big fans of being extra. A lot of our listeners are too. We love a luxurious treatment and beauty ritual as
1: Kirby spritzes her mist all over her face and body. This is legit the best smelling mist, y'all. <laughs> I swear on my life. It is the hydrating jasmine mist. And can I just tell you, Michelle, I'm such an idiot because I keep it right by my computer and I spray it just whenever I think about it. I was spraying it and I'm like, damn, this smells so good. What What is the fragrance? It's jasmine. It's jasmine. It literally says it right on the bottom. Jasmine hydrating mist. It's truly the most perfect smell. Like I want you to make this straight up a perfume. Working on it for sure. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you answer my prayers.
0: I'm obsessed with this.
2: What are some of the most extra most luxurious beauty rituals that were practiced by Indian royalty or like still are practiced to this day?
0: When we're being extra, we're thinking about the method of application for sure. But we're also thinking about the ingredients themselves, right? Like, I think saffron is such an underrated ingredient guys like I think it's literally gold for the skin it's literally my desert island product is radiant ronnie serum and we get like the most intense reviews on it and I mean that in a really positive way like people always like kind of throw around like game changer holy grail and I'm gonna go into the science part of it too but since we're talking about indulgence and royalty like I would say that that's like a favorite ingredient of mine and I always feel like kind of queen-like when I'm putting it on because, I mean, it's more expensive by weight than gold. And then I also think of like the properties that it has in, in terms of how it works. So that's one is the ingredient. Now, if we go back to like method of application, that's another thing that I think kind of like elevates. So thinking about like whether it's hair oiling, right? Kirby, I know you're a big proponent too on scalp massaging for hair growth. And I think it's critical and I think taking that extra time and being extra to do a little massage on the hair, really relax, like just get that circulation going in the scalp and putting a really nice high quality oil in there. You're going to go from like prevent, like getting dry hair in the first place to just like always having super soft hair. And I think that's just kind of like the Indian mentality our very honestly South Asian mentality around hair care is that it's very preventative and not like, hey, now my hair's dry. What do I do? It's like your hair never gets to that point because you're so obsessively pampering yourself and taking care of it.
1: Awesome. Um, I actually wanted to ask this and this might be going backwards a little bit. Can you talk about the doshas of Ayurvedic? Can you explain what that means and then what they are?
0: So there's three different doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. And basically what it means, it's kind of like the energies of your body. And you can even, if you want to equate it to skin types, even though we're talking about body types here, it's kind of the same thing. And I actually think it's kind of an intelligent way of thinking about the type of person you tend to be, whether you have like a lot of heat in your body, you know, it's just kind of like how you roll. And when you know that and you can kind of identify yourself, you're able to kind of target herbs that will either pacify the heat. And it's like a very complex thing that includes literally like the time of sleep, like things like times that would be optimal times for like thinking and doing things, optimal foods to eat. And then you can kind of even dig that into skincare and like customize it to your dosha. I feel like we've kind of taken a bit more of like a modern approach to it. So everything in our line is tri which is kind of cool. So you don't have to worry about having something really tailored. But I also think it's a great tool that if you feel so compelled to like look up your dosha, you could actually find out a lot about yourself and you could get like really customized into Hey, I don't want to eat foods that have like a lot of heat with them, or I don't want to do this and see how it works. It's kind of a cool thing.
1: Yeah, I was doing some research last night and admittedly, I'm obviously not an expert in this and I was so fascinated. So Vata means air. It's like the air component or like wind. Pitta is fire and water. And then Kapha is earth and water. The in-depth story that I was reading about it did kind of compare it to different skin types. And I thought that was such an easy way to think about it. Like, oh, if you, you know, if you're wind, if you're Vada, like your skin is more dry and Mm. it's more, you know, susceptible to like this, that, or the other thing. I found it truly fascinating. So that's me. Who are you, Kirby? I think I actually might be Pitta because like they talked with Pitta with the fire um, and water. It could be like oily and then putting out the fire in your skin. Cause like I tend, to, I've been better. I definitely love more inflammatory foods. So I need to chill out a little bit, but um, no, I just, I found it truly fascinating, but I love that. What did you call it? You called it tri Yeah. Tridoshik means it works with all the doshas. Awesome. Thanks for explaining that. We want to get into ingredients. You talked about saffron, obviously an incredible ingredient, We love that each of the products that you make, the ingredients are really center stage. Like there's such an intense focus, like even with the hydrating mist, like Jasmine in the name, like you know what you're getting. I wanted to ask, or we wanted to ask rather, about these four ingredients. They're on your site, so you're going to know them inside and out, but they're ingredients that probably a lot of people listening may not be super familiar with. Mangista. Tell us about Mangista and then the benefits and what products this is in, in your line.
0: So Magista is all about the detox and circulation. That's like the cheat sheet on it. It's a kind of looks like a licorice stick. It's not such a pretty herb. Um, It's usually dried up. I think it's a root and you like grind it and it's a beautiful, bright red powder. People actually take it, you know, as a supplement for liver purification and cleansing for skin. It's in our cleanser. And it's just really good for circulation. And when you think about why facial massaging is so key, you know, it's really just kind of like getting that circulation, flushing everything out of your system. So Manjista is like
1: key for that. I saw that a lot of people call it like an unsung hero in terms of ingredients. And it's also antimicrobial. So it could be nice if you deal with acne or, you know, some type of like bacterial Type a skin condition, so I found that to be extremely useful. Next one, triphala.
0: Yeah, triphala. Triphala. So what that is, it's basically three different herbs. So I don't think there's like a triphala plant. I think it just means amla, bivitaki, and haritaki, which are three different, super intensely rich with vitamin C. They're these like awesome vitamin C laced ingredients. And they're just an awesome antioxidant. And it's totally something that people actually also ingest as well. It's really good for vitality all around. I'd say it's like that whole antioxidant vitamin C play for these ingredients. And you can find it in there's this thing called chuvin brush, which it's almost like a jam. And it has amla and it has like these um, baby taki haritagi in it. And it is like so super loaded and with antioxidants and vitamins that people just like swear. Like in the morning, you just drink a spoonful of it. It doesn't taste like the best, but it's an awesome
2: supplement. Is that the secret? Do we need to be doing that, Kirby?
0: I don't know. The taste is not so hot, but it's like really good for you, though.
1: Yes, I'm about to order some of this ASAP. What product? Oh, God, we have Trifla
0: and I think pretty sure it's in eternal rain i'm pretty sure it's in facial polish
1: too yeah i think it's in facial polish um for sure at least i'm all about antioxidants so next up you mentioned this amla so amla is the indian gooseberry when i was doing some light reading it said that this is a super fruit potent in vitamin c so tell us more tell us more about amla
0: Oh, I'm so into Amla. Um, So Amla is actually part of that blend that we just talked about, but Amla, just to give you guys like a different flavor of it, it's so good for hair. Like go to India, you're like driving or not, you're not driving, but you're like in the back of a cab and you're seeing these like women with like insane hair on the billboard. It will be for an Amla hair oil. Like I guarantee you that. Like It's just synonymous with gorgeous hair. Yes, you can eat it. Yes, people eat it. It is super amazing in vitamin C for the skin, but I'm just, for some reason, I feel like it's most well known for hair growth in India. It's in our mighty majesty hair serum. It's really a star ingredient here. And I think it's also because of the way that we extract it. We use CO2 extraction. So, we're using like a heat-free method to really keep That vitamin C intact and the antioxidants intact, and it's amazing.
2: Okay, last one ashwagandha. I think people are familiar with ashwagandha, but they might not know exactly what it can do for your skin. So, can you educate us, Michelle?
0: Yes. So, ashwagandha is, I mean, it is an adaptogen. So, we kind of touched upon this earlier. During the pandemic, I feel like, true or false, we were all like, oh my god, I've aged 10 years from all the stress. I think we can safely say that stress and aging go hand in hand. You stress more, you tend to accelerate the signs of aging. I know we're not like aging faster as people. I mean, maybe, but you know what I mean? It really does impact our skin, whether it's topical acne or just accelerating those signs. So adaptogens are really important in our bodies because they help our bodies adjust to that stress. So it doesn't actually have that impact. For skincare, I say the same thing, like having an adaptogen, you know, when I think of skincare in like 2D or 1D, it's like, okay, I have something to like topically fix what I have. If it's like two dimensional, it's like maybe it's helping with the inflammation and it's like brightening. When I think of 3D, I'm thinking of adaptogens. It's like this other dimension that you're applying to your skincare that helps your skin cope with the signs of aging, which is super important. And we age through oxidative stress free radicals and like not to get too sciencey about that, but essentially, it's not good. You don't, you want to try to boost your skincare with these ingredients and you can ingest them as well. So if you want to have your ashwagandha lace shake, you can do that. If you want to use it in your favorite skincare product, it's also a good thing to do.
1: When I'm looking at these ingredients, one common thread is anti-inflammatory, anti-blank, antimicrobial, anti-stress, antioxidant. Your entire line, especially, I just feel like I know I'm, when I use it, I'm not going to be worried about my skin burning or irritating my skin in a way, like, especially when I get treatments done. I am like, okay, I got to make sure that I have my Ronabot ready to go because I know that my skin, it's like, it's not, it's not literally going to put out the fire, but it's going to put out the fire in my skin that I may have experienced or I don't want to make worse or don't want to, you know, potentially have happen. So I just love the through line there. It is API month. You've always been such a proud
2: Indian woman, like from the get go, obviously, like everything that you represent, everything your brand represents, but I feel like you probably feel especially proud right now. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that? Like, what does it mean to you to have your own company as a woman of color that celebrates your heritage?
0: It honestly feels so good. And I think part of it is also because, you know, people like you guys are excited to tell that story, right? Like if it were just me by myself with, you know, no one to to connect with, it wouldn't be so meaningful. And I think it's really the allies in the world that have been so instrumental in championing South Asian beauty, championing cultural beauty of all cultures. And that is so critical to the growth of this brand. And so, I mean, I'm so so super excited about it. I mean, I think if I were to kind of reflect growing up in Wisconsin, you know, I was always proud to be South Asian. I never felt differently, but I definitely didn't want to celebrate that fact to anyone other than, you know, people in my family. And I think it was very much this like dual life scenario that I think a lot of people go through where you're really proud to do it, but you're not necessarily confident to say that you're different and to really explain those differences because you're just worried about, you know, finding a person to sit next to at lunch, frankly speaking, right? You just want to blend in. And so I think I spent a lot of my time doing that. And, you know, I think after becoming a mom, after working for so many years and, you know, I worked in finance for a long time, I just, I felt like, I was never able to be myself, you know, whether it was studying as an engineer and being like one of the only female people in the class or working in finance, again, like total male dominated industry. I was ready to do something that was on my own terms and that was putting me in way outside of my comfort zone. And I think it's been the biggest gift because I think a lot of what I've experienced is like there's just so much love out there. And I'm not going to say that it hasn't, like there are definitely battles that I'm fighting all the time on like, no wait, but South Asian beauty is a real thing. And let's talk about wellness and how it's really the same thing as Ayurveda. And, you know, of course, like that those conversations are happening, but I've also seen the other side of it where people are just so inspired and excited and ready to share that story. And that just honestly makes me feel so good. And so I'm glad that I, kind of push myself a little bit on it, because I never would have known that this entire world exists.
1: Is there anything that you want to share regarding what's going on in India and COVID? Obviously, it's been extremely destructive. And there's a lot that we can do to try to help. So what are your thoughts on that? And are there any resources or anything you know that we can do from, you know, our own homes to help out? Yeah, there's
0: a lot, actually, I think, One thing that I've actually been getting a couple emails from people that I work with, like, hey, just checking in on you. I know you're going through a lot, you know, just worried about your family's safety. That's a really nice thing to do. If there is someone that you might think has ties to India and you feel comfortable, just kind of like saying that you're thinking of them, I feel like that's a really nice thing to do. It's free. And I think they would appreciate it. I think um, in terms of donations, there's a lot of places to give. And I think it's a really complicated thing to Demystify, but Give India is a good one. That's where we also donated. And then Desai Foundation, which is a company, a nonprofit that I personally work with, they're focused more on the rural areas. They're buying PCR tests. They're working on, I mean, really anything and everything on the ground. So you really can't go wrong with either of those two organizations. But really, even before that, honestly, just like sort of thinking about people that might be affected and reaching out is honestly like it just goes such a long way and you know I'll just say something quickly about about India. I mean we we actually make everything in India. So I have a whole like r d team and we've had some struggles with like losing not only people or a person, but then folks family members as well. and it has been such a devastating, situation. I mean, I'm getting WhatsApp messages from our team in India, and they're like, guys, it's apocalyptic. Like, we can't find medicine. We can't find oxygen, like basic things that you feel like a human should have. It's not available. And there she, the quote was, he was like, we're shattered. And I think it's, as things are opening up here, it feels very strange to think that just You know a flight away it's a completely different world out there and as we enjoy some of the freedoms that we have and i think one is just let's just all be grateful number one uh and then two let's think positive thoughts on india hopefully turning a corner soon and any donations are obviously very welcome but any thoughts are greatly appreciated as
1: well so well said thank you for sharing that with us all right we're going to pivot it's speed round time What is your favorite skincare ingredient? Saffron, for sure. Who is your favorite royal?
0: I am going to say Britney because she's the queen of
1: pop. Wow. See what I did there. You guys should have your own Britney podcast on the side. Michelle, we really need to offline about her most recent post because like I am shooketh to my core. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, I feel like this is the real Britney. I feel like it's really Britney speaking to us
0: there were a lot of emojis people thought there should have been more I thought it was I thought it was her
1: <laughs> I think it was I think it's really her coming out I think she's like "F it I'm going rogue and here we go you have to pick one Ronavot product to recommend which one is it
0: Radiant Ronnie already mentioned it can't live without it I literally people you know I as to say like desert island I took it to Puerto Rico which happens to be an I mean I forgot it when I went to Puerto Rico which happens to be an island so I feel like I got the vibe of that question. And when I came back, I was like, oh my gosh, I missed this
1: product the most. Can you explain for people who may not be familiar what Radiant Rani is?
0: Oh yeah, sorry. It is our Brightening Saffron Serum. And it's actually very traditionally Ayurvedic because we use these like copper vessels to make it. But I love it because it's a brightening serum, but it covers you in terms of adaptogens, anti inflammatory so you could really use it as your all-in-one and then bonus if you're using retinol you know you probably don't want to use like a ascorbic acid something like that so if you still want brightening and you're using those other ingredients this is like a great great honestly I would say alternative but it makes it sound like less than so I'll say step up
2: backstreet boys ew or NSYNC
0: this is tough I'm gonna go NSYNC but, but honestly I struggle because I think if we're just gonna look at the leads, I for sure I'm gonna say NSYNC. If we're gonna look at the band as a whole, there's so many more contributors in Backstreet Boys. Like sometimes like Howie comes in and there's like an age like feel like as a group, they're more like
2: NSYNC definitely was like to support Justin. Yes. Whereas Backstreet Boys, there was, yeah,
1: they it was like a collab to support like a true Justin. Justin. <laughs> JC was the lead singer. The man was the lead. JC was the only member of that band to have a song where he sang it the entire way through without anybody else for the girl who has everything. And there is another one. Justin did not get a total solo on any song until Gone, which he wrote that song. So that's why. And it was like the parting gift. And that's what launched his solo career. JC was meant to be Justin. I'm just here to say it. I'm here to say it.
0: Wow. I'm actually schooled on that.
1: I mean, he was, you know, all
2: over my walls and definitely my fave. So I I support that. I just think from like
1: a marketing perspective, they put their money behind Justin. Oh, they totally did that's why he has the solo career but i'm just saying at the beginning jc and jc does have the best vocals and i will also throw this out there i love in i went to an obscene amount of InSync concerts spent so much money on these people but in terms of their discography backstreet boys surpasses in sync point blank they have way better songs backstreet's back i want it that way I mean, shape of my heart. Okay, no one can
0: see what I'm doing right now, but I'm doing a move, a Backstreet move right now.
1: Backstreet's back, all right. I mean, even their new stuff is good. <laughs> I know people are shocked when Sarah and I disagree on something. We're like, and then and then we try to like come back around to be like, no, 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 we agree. But then we're like, no, 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 we don't. We don't.
2: Also, Backstreet Boys. With the exception of Nick Carter, they had more depth also because they were a little bit older. So they had like real life experience
1: to back up their songs. They had some men in the band. Anyways, we digress. Next, this is, I mean, this should be easy for you. What is your favorite Britney Spears song? Oh, um,
0: I'm gonna, okay. I don't know if you're going to judge me on this, but I'm going to go with Toxic. I just feel like it's just one of those songs that like that first two seconds and your whole... Whatever you were thinking about is completely transformed. Like, I don't care how stressed you are. You hear that like, da, 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 and you're like, you're done. You're at a party. You're like, you're in a complete, you're on a plane. You're in a completely different mode.
1: It is her most iconic song besides Baby One More Time, obviously.
0: But what do you think, Kirby?
1: Can you answer that? Oh, my favorite is Piece of Me, hands down. You'll I want, a, want piece a piece of me. Of May. She calls herself Miss American Dream. Like, I truly orgasm every time she says it. I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> you are Miss American Dream. Okay, last question. Sarah, take it away. Wait, don't you want to know what my favorite is? Oh, well, I don't think you care about Britney. Sorry, what is your favorite Britney song?
2: What are you talking
1: about? I'm, like, truly offended. Just
2: because I am not as loud as you does not mean... Ask my mother. Ask my mother how much I fucking loved Britney Spears growing up.
1: This is illuminating to me, frankly. I'm offended that you didn't tell me this sooner. So I've I've known need- we need receipts. Kirby, I I sent you a picture of my prom dress, which I
2: <laughs> like. My mother almost threw me out of the house. It was it was uh, inspired by Britney Spears.
1: I love this for us. I love this journey. I love it so much. Okay, what's your favorite Britney song, Sarah?
2: we're breaking up michelle is part of our breakup it's not really that exciting it's just i'm asleep for you it is the song that comes on and like transports me also because i watched that music video like a million times and i was like i need to look like that i need to look like that in this hot pink crop top with the low rise jeans and then the vma performance of course i was like i need a snake
1: wrap one around me I actually love this. I don't know. I feel like I've discovered a new part of you that I didn't know. I didn't realize that this dedication was there. All right. Take it away, Sarah. Last question. Here we go. You become a famous, famous
2: actress in Hollywood. You are starring in a big time movie. Britney Spears is going to be, you know, make an appearance in the film. But besides her, who is your co-star? Who is on the poster on the billboard with you?
0: oh my god like is another way of saying this like who's taking the crossroads road trip with me I don't because I don't know honestly like
2: but I mean if your answer is Britney Spears that's fine I
0: mean that that's my answer but I want to think you know what I just watched my so-called life did you guys watch that show like back in the day they have Rebooted it. Claire Danes. I think that was, were we a little too young for that, Kirby? We yeah. We were kind of young, but like it was not on the radar. But then when you rewatch it, okay. So I'm going to answer the question. There's a guy, Ricky, on there. He would be my dream. And then if I were to think of like another person, it would be Cody Rigsby because I'm obsessed with him. And I know that if we were to take a road trip together, he would play a lot of Britney. And he always has the best playlist, right? Like, who are we kidding? And I think you need a friend that you agree with their music. And a really thoughtful commentary.
2: Entertaining, but he's a very smart man and makes me think about, you know, nachos in a different way or a song in a different way. His controversial opinion that Kelly Rowland is the most beautiful Destiny's Child member.
0: Oh yeah, it's just, I took that class. And then like grape jelly. He like, hates. I think he hates on grape jelly or he likes grape jelly. I don't remember that. But
1: he hates on grape jelly because people are always like, would you like some grape jelly with that when you go to like diners and stuff? And it's like, where the hell is the strawberry jelly? Like I'm nobody wants grape jelly. Just give me the strawberry. Give me raspberry preserves. Why grape? Why? Like, why is that the most common jam? Yeah, or orange marmalade. Oh, yeah. You said that, too. We definitely love Cody Rigsby. And the fact that he has a Disney tattoo, I think.
0: I know. I think of you when I see it, actually. I'm like, this makes sense.
1: Sarah and I are speaking this. We're like, we have to get him on the podcast. So if Cody Rigsby is listening, we love you, Cody. Okay. (laughs) XOXO. (laughs) XOXO. Michelle, we love you. Thank you so much for coming on for teaching us and just sharing all of your fabulous knowledge and creating this beautiful brand. Where can people find Ronavat and where can they pick it up?
0: Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. Thank you for everyone listening. Um, You guys can grab Ronavat on Ranavat.com, but we're also at Credo as well and Detox Market and Blue Mercury.
1: Thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode with Michelle. If you love it, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five star review. Or you can follow us on Spotify and be sure to share this episode with your friends so they learn something fabulous and new. Of course, we're on social media at Los Angeles Pod on Instagram and Twitter. We have our Facebook group, the Los Angeles Glamgelinos. We have our website, LosAngelesPod.com, where all of our episodes live. And we will be back on Tuesday.